Welcome back, everyone. This is NYU grad for the daily podcast. I am actually recording this over the weekend on Saturday, July 29th at 9 p.m. I'll be covering all the action that happened on Friday, um, the 28th. Uh, it was a quite a bounce back after Thursday's sell-off. And to kind of summarize it, I think when you take a look at the indices overall, it didn't get all of it back, but I would say it got most of that Thursday loss, probably like 50 to 60% of that loss uh, back. So that bearish engulfing candle is at risk here of getting blown up. Um, I'll go into the breath in a minute, but... All signs indicate that um, the bull market is still running very strong. And if you take a look at the performance, uh, I know that the Dow wasn't able to beat the record. It's tied the record with um, 13 straight up days. But if you take a look at the S&P 500, it's been up five straight months. Um, now, keep in mind, uh, we still have one more day on Monday, uh, but barring any you know, flash crashes, it will be the five, fifth straight month up green for the S&P 500. And when that happens, you uh, always in the past have seen the rest of the year uh, be green for uh, the indices and general markets. So keep that in mind, right? Uh, this time could be different, but it also could be the same. So very bullish start to the year for the first half. Uh, and there's just a lot of cross currents right now. So we all have to be kind of nimble. But if you're long, there's really no reason to get bearish here. Looking at the uh, SPY, uh, SPY, we broke out of that trading range recently. Um, right at this level here, around 444. Um, and it's kind of been off to the races. So I would say, unless the market can fall and retest this 444, 445 on the SPY, we're pretty much in bull mode. Uh, until we can break that horizontal line. If we do break that horizontal line, then we have a shot at the high volume node right at 440, 438. In that range as a back test and even if we did fall all the way to 440 it would just be a healthy pullback at this point um, so very bullish uh, on the macro side um, jumping into breath um, for Friday's action and just like kind of looking at the charts on what I was observing very bullish day open green uh, there was a small sell-off in the afternoon. I had posted this on Twitter saying that the breath was uh, trickling down pretty hard. And it looked like we potentially could sell off into the close. Uh, but right around 1.45, p.m., it was like a hockey stick save. And keep in mind, it is the end of the month on Monday. And, you know, Friday was the last Friday of the month. So there is this phenomenon um, where... The street, you know, they have to uh, generate all their monthly reports and um, performance reports to send out to clients and prospectuses that we get in our emails. And they could just be painting the tape, right? You know, um, we have mega caps that have all reported 
They're all doing well. And now we have Apple reporting on Thursday, Amazon reporting on Thursday after the bell. So this could be just painting the tape on Friday. I, you know, it was a drastic U-turn hockey stick save at 145. Uh, but with that said, we had uh, new highs, 368 and only 99 new lows. So bullish, but not, you know, crazy bullish, I would say. Uh, keep in mind, the NASDAQ was up almost 2%. Uh, so that carried um, the indices up. And a lot of the mega caps that carry the NASDAQ 100 were up. Uh, advancing was 75% of the shares and 21% were declining. Taking a look at just the broader market, all the groups were green pretty much. Um, and Microsoft was up 23 Apple was up 1.3, NVIDIA was up 1.8, Google was up 2.4, Amazon was up 3, Tesla was up 4.2%. So pretty broad uh, bullish action there. I noticed um, on the energy side, there was a little bit of a pullback, uh, like XOM was down 1.2, CVX was down half a percent, UNH has been really strong, it just kind of has taken a breather, it was down half a percent. Um, a lot of the healthcare and drug manufacturers were green, like AbbVie, which I mentioned the other day, uh, up 1.3, Merck up 1, Lilly up 0.77, J&J up 0.46. Um, so yeah, uh, very broad rally on Friday. But it's not the end of the story. Uh, I'll kind of go through 20 charts that I found interesting. This uh, might go a little bit over 15 minutes, but I'll try. Um, and I just took a couple notes during Friday's session. You know, when you look at the macro lens and or the or the forest of the markets, it seems to be tale of two markets, right? You have one which are like the banks, the corporations, all backed by liquidity right now. Uh, banks seemingly are being saved, uh, triage to kind of save the whole body. Uh, one by one under you know the guise of uh, the night while we're sleeping um, and they're doing this one by one rather than waiting for multiple banks to get into a situation where it can cause a systemic risk um, you know when you take a look at programs that are feeding liquidity into the market we have uh, the Inflation Reduction Act uh, that's boosting a lot of manufacturing jobs you have um, the banking facility BTFD, which is basically funneling money into the banks. Um, just, uh, you know, the, the, the true definition here is that the bank term funding program was created to support American business and households by making additional funding available to eligible depository institutions to help assure banks have the ability to meet the needs of all their depositors. So this is just fancy speak for... Uh, shoveling money into the bank's pockets. And that has uh, been going on behind the scenes at record pace with all the talk and all the interest rate hikes. So the banks and the institutions are getting supported while where it's really hitting us is on the consumer side, all of these rates, right? Because if you think about the banks, the higher interest rates go, they actually make that spread. They borrow low and then they lend high. Um, but when you take a look at us, the consumer, you have credit cards, annual uh, average APRs that are like at 20% interest right now. 
um, all-time high. You have the average interest rate for new car buyers that also hit 7.1% in Q2. That is also uh, the highest it's ever been since Q4 of 2007. Hat tip to Edmonds and car dealership guy on Twitter for, for that stat. Um, I have a hunch that, you know, everyone's talking right now about the student loan payments, the interest starting to accrue in August and the payments starting in September. I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, the Biden administration or um, the powers that be last minute hockey stick save. They're going to push this and kick the can down the road. I'll be very surprised if students start to pay student loans in September. Um, but we'll see what happens, right? Because that's going to be a, a huge uh, liquidity suck out of the market if, they act, if that actually starts. Um, I listened to, uh, so what was strong, right? And I was actually pretty shocked because even though uh, DR Horton reported it uh, and, and they went up quite a bit, Beezer Homes reported this week, this past following week, and they're up 22% in a day. That's not a mistake. 22% in a day. And, um, you know, I read the uh, release. I also went and heard the conference call, the analyst questions. Everyone's clapping. And they, they did cite in their presentation that the monthly mortgage pay- payment as a percentage of income is very high right now and affordability for home buyers remains a challenge. So how are they, how is the stock price going up 22% and how are they unloading so much inventory and selling so many homes right now? I'm gonna take a sip of my, uh, my whiskey here. I'm um, actually enjoying a little bit of um, Japanese whiskey right now. But um, I mentioned this in the previous podcast. Uh, They also have posted a map of where they're very strong in building homes and communities. But uh, that overlaps directly with some of the data from Nick Geerly's ReVenture app at ReVenture Consulting, where you have those geos with um, days on market is increasing in order to sell your home. The uh, percentage of homes listed at a discount is increasing. Um, The uh, percentage of home payment to income ratio is uh, very high and elevated. All of those areas also fit with Beezer Homes as it did with DR Horton. Uh, I'm I'm going to guess that it's going to be the same thing for many of these uh, builders, yet they're all at all-time highs. So basically what's happening is as interest rates remain high, elevated, and sticky at 7.7% for 7 point whatever percent for 30-year mortgages, you or I who might own a home, we are trapped. We cannot sell the house, right? Because if if my house is worth just for rounding, uh, ease of rounding, let's say our homes are a million dollars. And in New York, on the East Coast where I am, it's more the norm than anything so i have a home for a million bucks i'm trying to sell my home but you know it's right next to one of these builders and they're able to sell the home very comparable to mine in lot size and square footage 
for 900. They're offering the buyer a mortgage rate buy down at 5.5% interest rate for 30 years. They're giving them a refrigerator, closing costs, up, maybe even flooring discount for their hardwood floors. So I, as the existing homeowner, now have to drop my price not only to 900 where they're selling at, I may have to go down to 850, 800 just to make up for that uh, rate incentive buy down and all the other goodies that these builders are offering. So that is creating a bifurcated market where the only homes that are selling are the ones that are the new new home builders are, are building. Um, and that might explain why a lot of these builders are just exploding higher. But as I said earlier, consumer credit is maxed out. The consumer is, I believe, going to buckle soon. Um, but when you take a look at some of these home builder stocks, they're just rocking, right? So Beezer Homes, uh, they are right now uh, trading out of a trading range and they're trading initiatively out of it. So there was a very big range that started back in 2006, the last housing crisis. Uh, it crashed and it, it bounced. And now it, it, since like 2010, it's been bouncing up and down from this box of let's say $4 or like maybe, I'm sorry, like $7 up to $24 and it's just been going back and forth through that box uh, very wild swings but it finally broke out of that uh, this year it kind of hung out it never even back tested it hung out it, it created a bull flag and now it's popping up again and it's closed at $35.43 and it looks very bullish it, this could go as high you know as, as 60 as 100 who knows uh, the chart looks very bullish. Um, so we'll see what happens, right? Like DR, DR Horton, a very similar thing. It's at lifetime highs right now, uh, trading at close to 127-ish. Uh, so yeah, it's been doing really, really well. Um, if you look at Lennar, also near lifetime highs. Uh, Pulte Home, near lifetime highs. Uh, Toll Brothers, near lifetime highs, XHB um, it is right now uh, retesting its lifetime high of $85.56. So that's kind of the picture right now with housing. Um, there are a couple other uh, names that were up quite big as well. Roku up 31.43%, not dollars, percent on Friday. So this also, uh, now I'll, in, I'll include all these charts in the show notes. It's coming up the right side. I made money on this coming downhill. Uh, I don't know if I'm brave enough to buy this to go long, but uh, we bottomed right at like that 2980. I'm like, I would say, I'm sorry, 31-ish. And we're now trading at $89. Uh, and this too, uh, can go as high as 160, 180. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You want to be very careful with companies like this. Um, again, its lifetime high as early as 2021 was like close to 490. 
So it traded down from 490, 490 down to 30. Okay? And now we're at 89. So imagine those people who bought at 400, 350, 300, 250, 200. They're all still trapped if they're holding this uh, and just praying that it'll go back to break even. So just be careful with companies like this. Uh, Palantar, P-L-T-R, up 10.25% on Friday alone. Uh, Palantar um, had been trading since March in this trading range of $7 to 11 bucks, Just up and down, up and down. Then the 50-day MA crossed over bullish from the 200. It broke out initially out of this range. It never back-tested. Uh, and now we're kind of bull flagging here. And we can potentially go um, who knows how high, right? Like right now it's all initiative. The buyers are winning. There's not enough uh, shares for the buyers to buy this up. So the price just keeps going higher. Um, I would put Palantar on your radar. It's a company that looks very bullish right now on the chart. Extreme Networks is one that uh, I haven't shared my watch list yet uh, with the subscribers because it's not a paywall. It's all free. But eventually, once I do have a paid membership, I will share uh, positions and or watch lists and um, buy potential buy points um, and, and um, analysis on the chart. But Extreme Networks is one that I've been personally watching for a long time. And I think it's a strong growth company, uh, especially coming out of uh, the pandemic and lockdowns as everything's opening up. And uh, there's a high exp experiential experience uh, quality that these companies want to provide, whether it's a team, like a professional team or a stadium or even office campuses that want to have secure Wi-Fi. Um, that also is breaking out of a very long base range since 2001. Yeah, 2001. Pretty crazy. But... Um, that range basically is like around, I would say, like eight bucks at the high to like two bucks at the low. And it just kind of kept trading in this range, dead money, tried to escape it uh, back in 2004. Uh, I'm sorry, it tried to escape it, what date was it? Like 2017, it, it tried. And then it back tested and failed and went all the way to the bottom, you know, of that range. Tried again. It it came out of the range, back tested the range, and now it's flying. Uh, it's at twenty seven bucks, and it needs a good pullback to just it's be it would be healthy to pull back here, even to like the fifty day moving average or the two hundred day moving average, and to settle before it goes up again. But I think this is a great company. Uh, so put that on your radar. EXTR, Extreme Networks. Um, Kava, the IPO that happened in the summertime with the Greek QuickServe, they were up 6.2%. Uh, Sweetgreen was a little weak. It was down uh, pretty big on Friday. It was down 8.67%. But keep in mind, it's been up quite a bit uh, since March, right? So in March, we were at like six bucks. Uh, and now it's trading at 14 and change. So it's more than doubled 
it, it also could use a good healthy pullback here. Um, they reported recently, and we'll see if it can settle down here on at the 50-day moving averages. Right now is at about 12 bucks in the quarter. We'll see if it trades down to that uh, rising 50-day MA, and maybe that's a viable uh, bottom or near-term bottom for Sweetgreen. But they're always busy on Tuesday and Wednesdays here in Manhattan. So uh, watch, keep watching that one. And next week, there's going to be a slew of earnings. But the big one is um, Apple and Amazon after the close on Thursday. So that's going to be a huge earnings release day. And then looking at the earnings calendar next uh, this coming week on Monday, um, anything notable that I can bring up on Monday? Um, not too crazy on Monday, but on Tuesday before the market open, you have Pfizer, you have Uber, Caterpillar, Marriott Hotels, Marriott International. And then after the close on Tuesday, you have AMD, Starbucks, Pinterest, uh, Chesapeake Energy. Wednesday in the morning, you have CVS Health, Kraft, Heinz, Johnson Controls. After the close on Wednesday, you have Shopify, Qualcomm, PayPal, DoorDash, which also has been on fire. My God, uh, that has been on fire as well. And then Thursday morning, you have Cigna. Uh, you have, um, in, the, in the after hours, you obviously have Amazon, Apple, uh, Airbnb is another one that's reporting. Coinbase is reporting Thursday as well. Striker. And then, um, yeah, Friday. I have to look at the... Um, the calendar for uh, economic data real quick. I have that bookmarked. So let's see on, you have um, ADP employment numbers on Wednesday, initial jobless claims on Thursday, ISM services on Thursday, Friday's non-farm payrolls and unemployment rate. So yeah, there's a, a bit of uh, economic news as well. Um, so it's gonna be a busy week. I think that's just kind of the macro lens, right? So. Uh, unless the indices can break that level on the SPY that I mentioned earlier, um, we're in bull mode right now. Like, and that level was about 445-ish. So until the market can even pull back to back test this breakout, uh, it seems that every sell-off, whether it's intraday or if we're bit down big for a full session, the next day, we just rock it higher. Uh, keep watching Apple. I still believe Apple's being distributed, but that can change this coming week on Thursday, right? If if Apple comes out uh, with some news, numbers, uh, product strategy that makes it gap up, then all bets are off. We're just going to be in a bull market until um, someone else, until, until the markets tell us otherwise. Uh, but... Uh, that's all I had today looking at Friday's action. Uh, I'll post some other charts here, but you know, on the macro, outside the stock market, when you look at all the data on ec the economy, um, the consumer uh, spending, the maxed out credit cards, uh, the lack of savings, potentially the student loan payment starting, then you look at like you know one by one these banks failing overnight in you know very secretively being taken over by uh, another bank like as these things keep happening keep an eye out 
right? Like this is something to, to kind of watch out, right? Not to panic over, but it adds up, right? Like it's going to be a, a key factor as, you know, there's a lag to all the things that the Federal Reserve has been doing uh, with these interest rates. Um, but we might have a little bit more runway on, on the upside here, but be very nimble. Uh, watch breath, watch Apple, watch currencies, the bond, treasury yields. That will give you better clues, but right now uh, everything seems to be going well. Uh, I hope you had a great weekend, and let's have a great week. I'll see you on the next podcast.